0: I've always been a rebel from deep down in the South. I get in my sheer trouble for what comes out of my mouth. Well, I call them like I see them, and maybe I come on too strong. Well, you got your opinion, and the right to say I'm wrong. But that's the way I am. What you see is what you get. I'm afraid, thinking, bear, drinking, politically incorrect, redneck. Ain't nobody, I don't mean to stir things up. But if I don't use the right words, I ain't sensitive enough. It's gotten too dead.: damn-
1: Hey,
2: my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday.
3: I go listen son? to that
2: bitch. Sorry. I'm on the radio. No,
4: no, 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 no.: no. Um, uh, go, go My ahead. son
2: uh, was wait. one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home for freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at four o'clock this morning to Marines at my door, telling me my son was dead. So, to have Ha on right before me and listen to that piece of crap, Talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone and I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son with a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House. He still thinks he's a senator.
1: The uh, Marines came by last night at 2.40 in the morning uh, to give us the uh, horrific news. Um, They're supposed to come back out today to follow up with, I guess, some more details and what happens next kind of information, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know a lot other than, uh, unfortunately our son was one of the 13 casualties yesterday.
5: How, how long had your son been in Afghanistan?
1: Uh, he just went over in the last two weeks. Uh, he was stationed in Jordan on his first deployment. Um, and then when things got a little, uh, hairy over in Afghanistan, he was one of the, um, 6,000 or so troops that were called in.
5: How long had he been a Marine?
1: He was uh, graduating class of 2019 from high school and finished and graduated in October of 2020.
5: Do you remember the talk that he had with you about in, in becoming a Marine? Do you remember that conversation?
1: Clearly, yeah. Something he has always wanted to do, and I've never seen a, a young man train as hard as he did to uh, to be the best soldier he could be, and that's a big part of why. Obviously, we're all devastated and sad, but there's so much anger right now uh, because he wasn't even given that opportunity to demonstrate all the skills he had perfected and learned while in the Corps and he took his job very seriously and somebody just came along and took the easy way out and ended everything for him and for us and for those others that were killed
5: how old was he and what was his rank
1: lance corporal 20 years old 21 in february
5: and who was this great son of yours
1: he was uh, probably one of the coolest, unique individuals I've ever met. Um, I'm very honored that I could call him my son. Um, <sighs> his life mm. meant so much more. And so incredibly devastated that I won't be able to see the man that he was very quickly growing into becoming. Yes.
5: <sighs> what is your, to, to all Americans who are devastated right along with you, what is your message to us? What should we be thinking and feeling right now?
1: Oh, be afraid of our leadership or lack thereof. Um, pray every day for the soldiers that are putting their lives at risk and doing what they love, which is protecting all of us. I think they're the only ones that we can honestly say have our backs.
5: Were you and your wife... When you found out that he was going to Afghanistan to help with the withdrawal, were you concerned?
1: Absolutely. Um, we knew this was something that he trained for and was looking forward to uh, participating in. He was not the type that like to just sit around and get his four years done and, and walk away. He wanted to... Uh, I don't want to say see combat, but be in a situation where he actually made something, made a difference in what his role was within the Marine Corps, and he was excited to get that opportunity. As his parents, of course, we were terrified. Uh, I, I can, I can't. I, just, I don't have words for how how upset we are and I'm sure he is as well. Uh, this has just been absolutely devastating.
6: His father is Steve Nakui, and he joins us tonight. Mr. Nakui, I appreciate you coming on and a heart's break for you, I'm, and I mean that. I'm sorry. Um, so Thank you, Tucker. I, I, you know, it's hard even to know what to ask you other than uh, to, to extend our sincere, for real, heartfelt sympathies. Um, but how are you doing 24 hours later?
3: Well, I'm going on about 36 hours, I believe, that I've been up, and um, I'm still in shock. Uh, The family is devastated, and um, his mother, who's an excellent mom, um, you know, is doing the best that she can, um, considering the circumstances. Yeah. So the reason
6: that we wanted to talk to you, I, I just remind everyone of you watching and people already know this, but that these are real people serving our country and, and dying uh, because they've, they've been asked to put their lives um, at, at risk. So were you concerned, your boy is over there in the final days of our occupation, were you worried for him?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, he had voiced some worry too, to the family earlier prior to him going and um, looked at the, the way that the Taliban had, you know, pretty much infiltrated the whole country so fast and we were just kind of, it seemed, left to just this one little airport really concerned me. And yeah. the videos that we were getting and the pictures that we were getting from him looked somewhat chaotic. But we got the video that, that you had just played and we got other ones where he was really interacting with, you know, the locals and was kind of an on his approach to uh, his difficult job. So just you know, that video that you saw and his pictures and, and how he was handling it really put us at ease to yeah. where we felt like, you know, he's he's all right.
6: What's so bitter about this is how chaotic it was and, you know, if this had been handled from Bagram Air Base, which the US controlled for twenty years, it seems like this wouldn't have happened. Is that your view?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, these are, of course, my views and has nothing to do with his view as a Marine and, you know, the loyalty that he has there. I've never served. But yes, my view is that from what I saw of the airport that they were in, it looked like a turkey shoot. Basically, it's funneled into like a single file type entry point at which, you know, if you have any sort of chaos of any of any sort, um, they would all like gather to that one funneled area, which they would all be susceptible. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, it was just basically so chaotic and not, not really planned out. Now I'm a carpenter, and even I could could spot that um, with my untrained military eye. Yeah, it did seem
6: it did seem pretty obvious. Uh, have you heard from the Marine Corps, the political leadership in this country since your son's death?
3: Yeah, they have been incredible. So, you know, basically what had happened was how I found out is I was glued to the TV all day yesterday because, you know, we, I had woken up and I I wasn't feeling well. And I just felt like something was wrong. My wife felt that there was something wrong. And, you know, as we go downstairs, we realized that this had happened. And now, you know, we're, we're like, well, there's some, you know legitimacy to how we're feeling and um so we're you know i'm glued to the tv all day i have my um and and i see you know it says three wounded and three killed and 10 killed then 12 then 13 and um you know so many um afghans and i'm trying to find out what time this actually took place so i can reference when he was working to get some sort of insight. Then they said that the president was going to talk, you know, I believe at one o'clock. So I, I felt like, you know, maybe from that speech, I'd be able to get whether or not all the families had been um, contacted or if they still have to been contacted. Because previously I had I had seen that, you know, the the prior administration would normally contact people, like first, like yes. the actual president of the united states so i had some sort of sense like hey okay maybe that would happen so then that's not happening and th- things are still transpiring to be you know a little more grave and i start googling well how long does it take for the military to you know uh, uh, um inform its next of kin and I somehow from the internet gathered about eight hours and this is about after he had talked because after he had talked he had he had said that you know I I believe he had said that no they're they're still going to be contacted or I think maybe the commentator said well there'll be some knock on the doors tonight so at that time I didn't know if there was gonna be a knock on the door or a call so about after his speech um, that he did I then got my phone and put my phone down by the television. Now I had the cable on that had the four different networks on my cable, so I had Fox News, BBC, CNN, and uh, something else, um, which, you know, I was just, the reason I had that is because I was able to see, you know, the optics of the four channels, and you know, pick where I wanted to get my information from. Well, I also started to think, well, you know, they're gonna might have possibly come here. So what I had done was I got my phone that has the camera at the front porch and I put that down. So if anyone was to walk up, I'd be able to rush outside and intercept them because I didn't I didn't want if something happened to my son that these Marines, n- nothing against them, were to tell my family. I felt like, you know, that was my responsibility. Yeah. So. Oh. I finally realized, you know, they're not going to come at three o'clock. They're going to come between five and 10 when everybody's home from work. So then I realized, you know, okay, well, you know, five to 10, if I can make it between five to 10, even if I haven't heard from him, I know that, you know, he's all right. And he just doesn't have a way to, to contact me because they either shut down the internet or shut down cell service or whatever. And, um, 7 I see something in the corner of my eye on my phone and three people are walking up my driveway and my other son, his brother, um, had gone to a football game and had two of his friends. So I was hoping that, you know, it was him. And as soon as I saw them turn the corner and saw it was three marine suits, my my life changed forever. And uh, Uh I went down there and met them and I think I did before they even knocked on the door. And all I kept saying, and, and, and this goes to the point that you're asking, did any service, you know, come and address to us? Yes. And they were incredible. These young men were so, had so much empathy and were so concerned with me and my family, who luckily my family wasn't there. It was just me at the time. And I thank God, you know. I thank Jesus that that happened, that I was able to intercept them. And all I kept telling them, they were literally there for like five minutes. I was all, you know, let's sign whatever papers we have to sign now, but you have to leave because I have to take care of my family and I don't want someone to come here while you're here. And they were totally understanding. And then it dawned on me that, yes, maybe I don't need the condolences from them, but I don't want to. I don't want to take that opportunity from my other family members, my wife, my, my son. So I asked them, look, they're at a football game for the high school, watching a football game. Can you please wait down the street until they come? And then I could see if they want you to come and do your, your, your condolences presentation. Those marine, those boys sat out there for four hours. For four hours, they sat out there. Until they came, uh, until my wife came, which she, no, you know, <laughs> it was not good. And, and I could not, um, I could not have them come to the house. It was, it was horrible. Like I said, I've been it for about 36 hours, but I was, I was in awe and, and, and just humbled by the, uh, <clears throat> by their performance. I I can't imagine
2: what... A Marine just left my house two minutes ago getting my divorce decree. Two Marines showed up at my house at 4 o'clock in the morning to tell me my son was dead. So, my name is Kathy McCollum. My son was Wiley James McCollum. You can check it out. Um, His wife, she might not want me to say her name. Um, They just got married on February 14th and they're expecting a baby on on, uh, September 26th. And, um, I just can't, I just, I just couldn't sit by idly because I think I need to just process through anger instead of tears. And so this is how I'm going to do it. And Laura Bovert's coming to my house tomorrow. My representative will be at my house tomorrow and, um, we'll speak and hopefully she'll be able to convey my message to the rest of the United States. That this was, she said, your son did not die in vain. But guess what? My son did die in vain. This was an unnecessary debacle that could have been handled properly. They had months and months to to remove everyone from Afghanistan, and they chose not to. And so they sent in, freaking, what, 6,000 troops? And my son, through the laws of statistics, my son was one of the ones who just got blown up in a freaking terrorist bomb yesterday. So... I hope, I know you'll check it out and that's fine. But, um, oh, so sure. in, instead of grieving and crying, I'm just getting mad. Um, my son was a genius child, uh, an IQ of 156. He could have done anything he wanted to do in the military and he chose to be a Marine sniper and that was his choice. Instead of just, you know, being fast tracked, he chose um, he shows this course, but I never thought in a million years that he would die for nothing for nothing because a feckless dementia ridden piece of crap decided he wanted a photo op on September 11th. That's what kills me. I wanted my son to represent our country to fight for my country, but I never thought that a feckless piece of crap would send him to his death and smirk on television while he's talking about people dying with his nasty smirk. The dementia ridden piece of crap needs to be removed from office. It never would have happened under Trump. And I am I'm pacing, just so you know I'm out of breath because I'm pacing. But it, it is so disgusting that these people cannot even even acknowledge the fact that they just killed my son for nothing, for an ill managed um debacle of a freaking withdrawal from a country that we had total control of. That's what gets me that's what gets me. If my son would have gone in on, on when my boyfriend did on in March of Oh three to freaking defend our country against terrorists, that would have been one thing, but this is a whole nother animal. This is, I mean, how much more horrific can it get than to know that your son died for nothing. And I talked to Lauren Bobert. She's going to be at my house tomorrow. And, um, and I, and and I'm, ai am a, I'm a smart ass and I i guess this is how I deal with things. I can't cry because I'm too mad to cry which is so sad that I can't cry for my son right now. I'm just too mad to cry for my son right now I'm, but when I see that baby in a month when his baby is born, I'm sure I'll break down and cry but right now I cannot afford to cry. I've got to be strong. His wife is in freaking Oceanside, California right now and um, I need to be strong for her And I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to cry because if I start crying, I'm not going to stop. So I'm just going to stay pissed off. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to do this because there you, if you ever are waking up at four o'clock in the morning with two Marines at your house, I knew when I, I told everybody yesterday, before they informed me, I knew yesterday, my son was dead. I called 10 people yesterday before they even came and everybody thought I was nuts. And then at four in the morning, there they were telling me he was gone. So uh, I'm just trying to work through this. I'm trying to be normal. I'm not going to be able to be normal. Um, But for every Democrat who cheated or voted for Biden that left my son in harm's way and allowed this dementia ridden piece of crap, who was a treasonous man who just got into office because he was running out of funds for his family you did this to my son every democrat that's listening you did this to my son to prop up a disgusting human being so i guess i don't have anything else to say
0: joining me now the two gold star fathers they lost their sons in last week's attack mark schmitz is the father of lance corporal jared schmitz and darren hoover the father of staff sergeant Darren Hoover, Jr., who went by the name of Taylor. Let me let me start with you, Mark, if I may. Um, your son was sent back t- to Afghanistan to assist with the evacuation efforts. He said it's something he always wanted to do. I never have seen a young man train as hard as he did to be the best soldier he could be. He went back just for this mission. Explain.
4: Yes, he did. Uh First I, I, I just want to say that, that Jared has uh exemplified just so much that any man could ever strive for and made me so proud uh, to watch him undertake this uh this endeavor and going into the marine corps and he uh completed his boot camp uh went to Jordan was excited about that and was constantly looking to do more and was given that opportunity
0: yeah First, I want to say to both of you, if I may, as a parent, you know, I nobody can understand the loss um, that both of you have gone through. Um, I can't imagine the pain that both of you are living through, and I'm very sorry about that. Mark, you met with Biden over the weekend. How did that go? Well, initially I wasn't
4: going to meet with him, um, but then I felt I owed it to my son to uh, at least have some words with him about how I felt, and uh, uh, it, it didn't go well. Um, he talked a bit more about his own son than me did my son, and that, that didn't
0: sit well with me. Your son was a, a hero. I can't imagine the pain. I really can't. Darren... You are said about your son, he had the biggest heart in the world, and no parent, and I, as a parent, I think every parent watching right now understands this. No parent should have to bury their sons or daughter. It's not supposed to work that way. He was scheduled to return home on September the 15th and retire and marry his fiance Nicole. I can't imagine how you're feeling today.
7: You know, it, it's... It's the absolute worst feeling in the world. Um, having Having them be away for so long and doing the job that they they all love, there's no doubt about it. Um, being a marine it, to these guys is everything. And having this happen to these heroes. Um, every one of them's a hero, there's no doubt. Every last one of them. They, they died with their brothers and their sisters right next to them, doing exactly what they all wanted to do. And that is defending this country. America's national
0: treasure. That's that's how I refer to them. Yeah, absolutely. You you chose not to meet with president biden i don't know if you want to comment on that and i'd like to know when i saw biden look at his watch i was literally like you you got to be kidding me because all of this to me was preventable because we saw them on the march you know we we had april may june july to extradite everybody and our equipment we didn't do it there's no excuse to me for this why did you choose no, not to meet with the president Darren?
7: for exactly the reasons you just gave um we, we said absolutely not. We didn't want to deal with him. We didn't, wanna, we didn't want him anywhere near us. Um, we as a family decided that that was the way it was going to be. Um, in reference to the checking of his watch, that didn't happen just once. That happened on every single one that came out of that airplane. It happened on every single one of them. They would release the salute, and he looked down at his watch. On every last one, all thirteen, he looked down at his watch. And as a father, you know, seeing that and the disrespect and hearing from his former uh, leaders, one of his master sergeants said exactly what you just said. That this was avoidable that they left them over there they had them over there and let them down and that that we can't have that we it it can't happen ever again we also abandoned
0: americans americans now are on their own we left them behind mark you want to comment on the watch incident did you notice the same thing
4: Yes, I did, uh, I actually leaned into my son's mother's ear and I said, I swear to God, if he checks his watch one more time, and that was only probably four times in, um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look at him anymore after that, just considering especially the time and why we were there. It was,
0: uh, I found to be the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. I, I know there are no words that any commentator or host could express that's going to take your pain away Um, but I can tell you this audience shares in your anger and shares in a deep appreciation and, and thankfulness and sadness at an unnecessary loss of life I believe in this case and we'll be praying for all of you your families these incredible young men that you raised that made this country the greatest country on earth. They make the country great. There are some leaders that don't make the country great. They did. Our thoughts and prayers are with you both. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Darren.